two straight. The San Francisco 49ers officially are on a losing streak now in the 2023 season after a uh, really a demoralizing 22 to uh, to 14 loss to the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. How did it happen? Still have some game balls to give out coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 22-17, not 22-14. I didn't give the Niners credit for one of those Jake Moody field goals after he missed the first field goal. Moody, one of the Moody, way down the list of topics that we got to talk about from uh, this action tonight on Monday Night Football. 49ers lose their second straight. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. See a lot of you already jumping in the chat here live with us post game on this Rapid React podcast. You can find me at BD Peacock, Croc at Eric underscore Crocker. Make sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Croc. Um, there's something that that is maybe, maybe bigger than all of us. It's bigger than me, it's bigger than you. Uh, it, it's bigger than Bang Bang 49ers gang. Uh, it's bigger than the, the the state of Minnesota. And that's true love. And it's lost love. And it's Kyle Shanahan peering across the field, seeing Kirk Cousins out there dicing up his football team. And man, I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm thinking, no way this is happening. No way this is happening right now because this storyline won't die. And and now that uh, there's a little spark there, I think left that that is going to carry on now from this game that it could have been crushed forever, Croc, this week. But there's that little spark that's going to carry on. It's going to be in all of our minds, and it's going to carry on into this off season unless things look a lot different than they have the last two weeks for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I'm glad you led with that because I got a text message from a buddy of mine prior to okay. the game, and he had this to say. Kirk Cousins flying home with the Niners tonight. Book it. <laughs> that was at 3 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, that was before so, the game. That was before the game. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he said, and then throughout the game, I'm getting text messages from this person. You know what? He's probably in the chat right now. Greg Pinelli. That, that's who was saying all this, okay? Greg Pinelli's texting me, and he's texting me throughout the game, and he's just – Ripping certain players or a player on the 49ers. Uh, not not ideal. Not an ideal game to, to not have your fastball offensively and not ideal to you know for your defense to not get the pressure needed to slow down one Kirk Cousins. Unbelievable. I had to update update our uh, our Chiron there, our background here, uh, with the with the newest 49ers information and, and what's going on in today's podcast. That's unbelievable. I I don't think Kirk Cousins will show up in the San Francisco 49ers in the month of October at the at the Halloween trade deadline. Halloween does get spooky and and you never know. But man, um one punt crock. Like we gotta start with the 49ers defense here. The the Vikings punted one time in this football game, and that was very late in the game. 
First half, the 49ers couldn't stop the run very well. They couldn't generate a pass rush all night. I think part of that was because they've been bad last week and this week, starting with uh, in the beginning of the game with, with stopping the run. I started watching Nick Bosa in the, in the second half of the game, and he's not trying to get to the quarterback. You know, occasionally he does, but he's 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 bull rushing. He's not. He's trying to stay in front of his man and make sure his gap responsibilities are taken care of. And and I, I really think that's a part of why the 49ers didn't get home a lot against Kirk Cousins this game is because they're trying to stop the run first, and they hadn't been very good at doing it the last couple of weeks. So that's a that's a small part of it, but again. Um, no Justin Jefferson, you can't let Kirk Cousins dice you up like he did. Kirk Cousins, 35 of 45 passing, 378 passing yards. He had the two touchdowns. He did have one interception, 107.2 rating, which uh, clearly you know was, was just a lot better. Their, their offense, their passing game is a lot better than the 49ers. Brock Purdy, 21 of 30, 272 passing yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and an 81.5 passer rating and we don't need to make this whole thing about Brock Purdy versus Kirk Cousins but um the the Vikings were a better team on this night crock well the Vikings were better especially their offense versus 49ers defense because at some point at some point throughout the game the guy that you have made the highest paid defender in the NFL history has to make a play now there was a nice run stop in that game when we knew they were running the ball but when are you going to affect the quarterback? When are you going to get to the quarterback? You know, I got my brother sitting right here, Donald, and obviously he's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And one thing that we can all take away from the 49ers versus Pittsburgh Steelers, with no matter how the 49ers were trying to slow down wide or whatever they were trying to do or stop them, it did not matter. Your His presence was filled. Three sacks, two forced fumbles. In this game, the 49ers just needed a play, a sack, Something to stop the bleeding. Like, that's why we pay you. People want to talk about the back end guys, Traverius Ward and these guys. No, talk about Nick Bosa, who has, he needs to make a play in this type of game, in this type of moment. 49ers didn't get it against Cleveland, and you didn't get it in this game either. You need him to make that play. That's why you pay him. And it wasn't there, it was non existent. Matter of fact, zero sacks on the season. I mean, zero sacks in the game. And zero zero sacks from, again, the front end where the 49ers have invested the most in. You pay Nick Bosa, again, ton of money, highest paid defender ever in NFL history, Nick Bosa. You pay Hargraves, $84 million. You pay Eric Armstead, $20 plus million. You trade it for Randy Gregory. Like, that's where you've invested the most. You're the front end guys. Fred Warner, he was flying around. Drake Greenlaw, he was flying around. You pay those guys as well. But... Your front seven has to lead your defense. And if they're not affecting the game, moving the quarterback off of his spot, making the quarterback uncomfortable, it will be a long day because you got a bunch of fifth-round guys on the back end. Uh, <laughs> Brock, yeah, so much for Brocktober right now, man. It's, it started off with a bang, that's for sure. Um, there's... So just looking through the chat just now, Croc, there's, I, I saw conflicting ideas, and I think 49ers fans are probably confused and conflicted right now, and I'm a little bit confused and conflicted after watching the last couple of weeks of the 49ers. And I, I saw a couple of interesting comments that were completely opposite. One was that the 49ers defense feeds off the offense, and the other was that the 49ers offense can't do what they need to do if the defense isn't continually giving them the ball back. So... So which is it? And w was one unit letting the other one down? Because I didn't think either unit played particularly well. 
neither unit played very well. And at the end of the day, just somebody has to make a play. So uh, kudos to George Kittle. He got going in this game. I wonder how much, uh, you know, did it affect the 49ers not having Trent Williams, not having uh, Debo Samuel out there. I thought Christian McCaffrey started to make some plays, especially in the second half. Did a really good job of, of pass catching. So there were opportunities for guys to really make their presence felt and kind of change the game. Talk about the back end guys. I'm not going to put a whole lot on them because the, again, the resources are invested up front, but Traveris Ward, you know, the ball hit you in the chest right before halftime. We could talk about Steve Wilkes. We can talk about the terrible play call, whatever. But at the end of the day, if he was looking for the result of, Hey, we're going to move this quarterback off his spot. We're going to make him throw before he wants to. We're going to make him throw an inaccurate throw because we're sending the house. That happened. The poor execution was on Traveris Ward just not catching a ball that was thrown right to him. So uh, that was tough. You pay him $12 million, got to make a play. Didn't happen. That was a fascinating play because of what he did to Addison earlier on in the game. And he did take a ball away from him. And uh, that was an ill-advised throw from Kirk Cousins. That was his interception. And that game looked like it was going to be so- – it was the exact same as last week, Croc. Remember last week, the 49ers just carved right through the Browns' defense like nothing, scored 7 nothing. It was like, oh, dude, they're about to they're just about to run up the score on these Cleveland Browns right now. 49ers end up losing that game. I felt just the same this week, early in the game. Kirk Cousins throws the interception. Charverius Ward takes the ball away. It's like big brother taking the ball from little brother and Jordan Addison. And 49ers going down the field. It's like, oh, they're going to score here. Niners are good. Let's go. They're 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 gonna you know they they they're bouncing back and they're and they're gonna win big in, in prime time. Kirk Cousins bad in prime time. All this you know all the stuff that that's what I was feeling like super confident early in the game. Christian McCaffrey fumbles. That's that's the difference in the game right there. That's right the, those points potentially. So and then the the Vikings get the ball back and then just roll down the field and score. And then all of a sudden it's like oh okay it's a different game. 49ers are now behind. And, and Croc, I want to pause right there because being behind for the 49ers is a new feeling. And so far, they haven't proven that they can play from behind. So I want to talk about that. And if if Brock Purdy has shown enough in, in that light, if Brock Purdy is the guy that can bring you back for the 49ers, when you're not playing bully ball, when you're not just stepping on necks and you're ahead in the scoreboard and, and playing with that sort of a game script. So I want to get into that next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs. These days, I mean, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Probably no different than a football team, right? Every draft pick, every free agent signing, it feels like this huge deal. Well, even if you have your small business, right, that's your first-round draft pick when you're bringing somebody in and you're bringing in a new hire. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And it couldn't be simpler. All you do is you... You add your job to your purple hashtag hiring frame on your LinkedIn profile, and it spreads the word that you're hiring. Then utilize simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. 
That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at prize picks, prize picks, uh, nothing more fun than playing prize picks daily fantasy and they make daily fantasy easy. And it's the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy all football season. And while you're having all that fun, you can win up to 25 times your money playing DFS football and I mean, tons of other sports as well that you can play prize picks. And here's what you do. You select two or more players. You pick more or less than their projected prize pick stats. And then you place your entry. You can place that entry in just a couple taps, less than 60 seconds if you want to place that entry. And then you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with just a couple of taps. If you correctly pick the more than or less than on those projected stats. And with prize picks, something new that they're doing here that nobody else is doing, the reboot policy at prize picks. So if you have an injured player, uh, your entries stay in play, even if you have an injury. For example, for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and enter code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So, uh, Croc, I know you're doing something else. You're doing something for Bleach Report immediately uh, following the game. And uh, I was listening to Kyle Shanahan's press conference, and I don't know if you heard it or not, but he was asked a question. And it's a great question because it was something I was wondering about. And it was on that uh, end of half touchdown. And he brought pressure, right? In a situation where it's like, okay, maybe this is when you want to play soft and not let a quick score happen on your defense before the half. And Kyle Shanahan was asked if he thought that was a good call at that time or not. And he said, well, that's something, that's something we're going to have to talk about later. <laughs> he basically was like, that was a terrible call. And I am pissed about that call. That's the vibe I got. And so that's going to kind of add some fuel to the fire of a lot of folks that right now are trying to put this loss maybe on, on Steve Wilkes a little bit. What do you think about that? I'm still putting it on the D line, but definitely Wilkes has to get some of the blame here. Now, now look, we're acting like the Vikings dropped a 50 burger or 40 burger on the 49ers defense. Like they scored 22 points. And I'm not saying they maybe potentially couldn't be worse, but 22 points isn't like, fire that coordinator. He gave up 22 points. Now, we could be upset with some of the play calls. Again, before the half, that is ridiculous. But even then, are we having this conversation if Travis Ward just catches the interception that was thrown right to him? Probably not, right? It goes from a terrible play call to like, wow, that was great to bring pressure in and it forced a bad throw. And, oh, man, Travis Ward gets his second interception of the game. Unfortunately, that's just not how it played out. And now we're like, where's the safety behind him? You know, yeah. and all those things. Um, the tackling early in the game. I mean, is it on Steve Wilkes to teach number 54, number 57 how to tackle? Those guys know how to tackle, right? They, they, they've been missing too many tackles the last couple of weeks. Here's another thing on that touchdown play before the half that nobody's really talking about. There was a single high safety and the single high safety crept down to take away like a crossing route. So is anybody going to talk about whoever that safety was? I think it was Gibson. I think it was Gibson who who came and he kind of sat. Like, watch when the ball is thrown. It's over his head. Why aren't you back? Why aren't you? You're the safety. You're the last help. 
where are you where are you going <laughs> all right so you know there are some things i think with the execution not just there but just poor execution throughout the game and i would say that's probably one of the things that's like the most unlike the 49ers that we've seen over the last two weeks two losses on the road uh poor execution again we talked about the fumble by uh uh christian mccaffrey missed field goal you know 40 yard missed field goal uh you, you know you look at the uh the missed throws from Brock Purdy the the defensive guys some of the missed tackles and and then you look at uh you know uh, blown assignments things like that just penalties for a team that typically is very well coached and executes at a very high level that's not what they've shown us over the last 2 weeks and and to me that is a big issue can Brock Purdy lead a team from behind when you put it on Brock Purdy and you don't have a perfect game script, um, is is that something that we still need to see from Brock Purdy? And we, we've seen the best quarterbacks in NFL history, Hall of Famers, have bad games. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy maybe not looking great last week in the rain. I'm not worried about Brock Purdy throwing a couple of interceptions in this game. Uh, but if you're looking at Brock Purdy's entire career, which is not very big, right? There's a lot of good and, and not that much bad. But one of the things we haven't, one of the things that that he's had the benefit of is these really positive game scripts, and I wanted to see in this game with no Debo and maybe a banged up Christian McCaffrey, I wanted to see Purdy say, "I'm going to go win this game. I'm going to do what Kirk Cousins did tonight. I'm going to go make plays. I'm going to th- make throws to to Brandon Ayuk. Where was Brandon Ayuk in this game? I want to make big, he 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 found George Kittle, you know, a, a few times." But I, I just I, I, I want to see an offense that can sustain because of Brock Purdy, and especially in a situation where okay, Brock Purdy's got to play from behind, go to work, young man. Um, and and I think that's the last little bit we haven't seen a lot of from Brock Purdy. Do you think it's something that is like oh maybe he doesn't have that in him? Uh, just a couple of weird weeks. Where are you at on Brock Purdy right now, Croc? Because we're talking MVP two three weeks ago. I'd say over the last two weeks, he has he he's definitely pressing in that moment and has thrown some of the worst passes I've seen from him, like specifically in those moments where you kind of need him to kind of be the guy. Like he, he threw these two interceptions that were bad. I mean, the, and both of them were decisions that look like a guy that's pressing, a guy that feels like, oh, okay, I got to make a play, I got to make a throw. Uh, and sometimes, and again, it's it's hard to tell because he does a lot of things very well. Is he doing things well because, hey, man, I got this super advantageous situation for me with all these weapons, so I'm just going to rely on them, and I, I know they're going to be here, and I can do this and do that. And then, oh, man, you take a couple of these things away, and all of a sudden I have to be the guy? Well, but that's not really who I am. I'm a great facilitator. You know, it's like telling John Stockton, all right, John Stockton, you got to go and be Carl Malone now. Like It's like, no, hold on. It doesn't work that way, right? You can't take on that role of the mailman who was like, NBA MVP. And that was never going to be John Stockton. He was always going to be a terrific facilitator. So um, I think not asking Brock to be something that he's not uh, is is a little bit more ideal for him. And I think for him still figuring out certain things. I mean, we are talking about a guy who still has not started 16 games in the NFL. But what he shouldn't do, and I got a text from Greg Pinelli about this, is roll to his left and try to throw off platform to the right. You don't have that arm, Brock. 
you got in trouble like that your rookie year in some games. You got in trouble uh, with that in this game with throwing a one-hopper to Brandon Ayuk, who is open. So I think the more he really learns what he can and can't do and just continues to play within the confines of the offense and does what Kyle Shanahan is telling him, hey, I just do what Kyle says, I throw where Kyle tells me to throw, continue to do those things because when he starts to kind of get a little too far ahead, you start seeing some of the Iowa State Brock Purdy. And I don't think people really want to see that Iowa State Brock Purdy truly show up. I didn't watch a ton of Iowa State Brock Purdy, but I did watch some stuff uh, before the draft and then a lot more after the draft, after Brock Purdy was drafted. And, man, I didn't expect to see how good Brock Purdy was in the NFL. And, And even some folks I know that are Iowa State fans were shocked at what Brock Purdy was doing in the NFL. Um, this probably looks more like the Brock Purdy they remember. Uh, I don't think this is the Brock Purdy that we're going to continue to see. It's been a couple of bad weeks for Brock Purdy, and I think he needs to, you know, um, strap it up and and um, go back to work, uh, as does Kyle Shanahan, as does everybody on both sides of the ball. And the 49ers definitely have to play better because they, they look like a different team, especially – Last week, it was easy to say, ah, oh, they're playing a really good defense, bad weather. This week, it's harder to be like, okay, they're, you know, we, we can give them a pass on it. We've seen it two weeks in a row now. Conditions are perfect. Uh, you're playing a team that you should beat that's, that only has two wins on the season, and you made them look like they're uh, – a playoff team. You made them look like they made were, look like they were the uh, the best show on turf, right? <laughs> Without <laughs> Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, so that it, it's all it all goes together, right? You, you have to factor in everything. We have to factor factor in everything. All the other whatever ten games that Brock Purdy has played before these, and then we got to factor in these. And and um, right now they they just there's a lot they got to clean up and and this is this isn't the team that we saw the first 5 weeks of the season at all so maybe they did peak a little bit early i want to talk a little bit about that croc and we do have to give out some game balls as well next today's episode of locked on 49ers is brought to you by game time and the game time App. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, right? You're going to see a 49ers game. You're going to see a concert. You're going to see a comedy show. You're going to the theater, maybe, right? Uh, with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy those tickets for all your sporting events and music and comedy near you, so you don't have to worry about it when it comes time to buying tickets. And you definitely don't have to worry about it once it's time to enjoy that event because that's what events should be there they should be full of enjoyment for you and whoever's going to the event with you and it's super easy you see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive all in prices show the total upfront, so you know what you're getting and you know you're getting that great deal without the hidden fees how 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 much does it suck to see those hidden fees right show up all of a sudden when you're trying to buy tickets so go buy the tickets in a few seconds just a couple of taps and feel good about the the process and then feel great about the event when you get there. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Ta- Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I want to go to the chat here really quick. Uh, Pixel Dennis says you guys are panicking. 
we're not panicking. Are we panicking, Croc? No, no, no. I think we do. It, this is an important role we have, Croc, because usually when people, when, when, when the folks out there get too high, we got to bring them down a little bit and say, hey, bring, let's, let's bring it back to reality. Get your head out of the clouds. And when, when they get too low, we got to prop them up a little bit, a little therapy pod. Maybe tomorrow's going to have to be a little bit more of a therapy pod for us here. But uh, I, I don't think you need to panic, but you do have to look at the results of the last couple of weeks and say, okay, that's not the team you guys are. Go back to what you were doing the first five weeks of the season because um, the, it's, the, this, is, this is not the team that I think we have expected to see the last couple of weeks. And so it's more disappointment than panic right now from me. Uh, you know, I think especially on my end, it's more disappointment in a, a team that, again, I, and I said it earlier, I f- have a lot of confidence in the 49ers because they are so well coached. In the last two weeks, they haven't looked like that well coached team. So you do have to get back to that. I mean, uncharacteristic fumbles by, you know, Christian McCaffrey. We, we saw that in Dallas Cowboys game. We see it in. In, in this game, in the red zone, you know, those are things that contribute to losses. I know it didn't matter against the Cowboys because you end up blowing them out and the defense played lights out. But in a game where maybe the defense doesn't have his fastball, those are mistakes you can't have. Missed field goals, can't have that. Errant throws by Brock Purdy, can't have that. No sacks from Nick Bosa, you can't have that. So uh, they need their guys to step up in those type of opportunities and make plays because, you know, it's not going to get any easier. You go to Cincinnati, I know we'll turn, you know, turn that page in a couple of days, but you think Cincinnati is going to, you know, come in and, and now be scared of this 49ers team? And just, No, they're, they're a team that's finding their groove, and, and they have Jamar Chase, and they have T. Higgins, and they have Tyler Boyd or Joe Mixon in the backfield, of course, Joe Burrow at quarterback, and they got guys on the back end on their defense making plays. So they're going to be licking their chops, and hopefully Winky's prediction of 49ers winning five straight to start the season, then losing three straight doesn't come true. But the way it's setting up right now is probably for us to have a, another disappointing podcast. So definitely not hitting the panic button. But the 49ers got to get back to playing 49er football, which is very uh, well-coached, disciplined guys on both sides of the ball. They haven't been that the last two weeks. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals started the season with a couple of games that looked like the Niners' last two games. And, and they've kind of figured that out and gotten past it. So that's what the 49ers have to do now and. They kind of have to figure out a way to do it against the Cincinnati Bengals next week. And I'm glad you brought up Wink because I saw a lot of it in the chat, seen a lot of it on social media tonight. Uh, this one from Gabe says, uh, someone find Wink. He has to answer for this. We're going to talk to Wink tomorrow on, on a Winky Wednesday, and, uh, and, and uh, we'll have to get his, his thoughts on uh, his perfect 7-for-7 seven seven predictions so far on the, uh, on the 49ers season. Uh, game balls. Brock. Well, Greg has a question for us in the chat. Oh. <laughs> he said, <laughs> Brock Prescott. <laughs> wow. Relentless. He throws a couple of picks and people are calling him Brock Prescott. Now that's unfair. Come on. Come on. This yeah. dude has, uh, this dude has, uh, I saw some other, here's another one actually uh, from 49er Shaolin. Purdy is just a better version of Jimmy G. He proved that in the last two games. I mean, his, his touchdown to interception ratio is still a lot better than, than Jimmy G's and Dak Prescott's guys. So you got to back off, back off on Brock. He's uh, he's played two bad games in his NFL career. Come on. Game balls. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say game ball, Brock Purdy. I know you got that in you, Croc. You always like to throw a curveball in the game balls. Who do you got? Who, who gets a game ball in this one? Kirk, besides Kirk, I think we got to give a game ball to Kirk Cousins and just tip, tip the cap to Kirk Cousins and say, 
he played a good game. He was dealing. How about their head coach who, you know, on top of having the quarterback that's dealing, I, I want to say the head coach calls the plays. I thought he did a really good job of keeping the 49ers off balance uh, throughout this game. This is one of those things, right? And we're watching the, the, the Vikings and they don't have the roster of the 49ers, but in, in no way, shape or form am I saying fire, fire Kyle Shanahan. But there are other coaches out there that like are good coaches but maybe just don't have the roster. So maybe they don't have the, the Kyle Shanahan GM or the, or the John Lynch GM aspect of this stuff down, but there's some coaches out there that can coach. And we saw uh, a Minnesota Vikings team out coach the 49ers really on both sides of the ball between the head coach and Brian Flores, who's their defensive coordinator. Yeah. And that's something we tend to do is, is we tend to focus on um, the, you focus on your own team, right? The 49ers won the game. The 49ers lost the game. Right. But the guys on the other side get paid, too. So you got to give some credit to the other side. And then you have to realize what teams are doing now. OK, so teams are going to say, hey, look, we, we saw what the Browns did and we saw what the Vikings did. We're going to try to do more of that. 49ers have to now adjust to the adjustments. And so and that's on coaching. I think the 49ers are really good at doing that. So we'll, we'll see what they what they uh, come back with um, when they when they when they go back to the drawing board next week. Jordan Addison, what do you think about the rookie wide receiver for the? Because uh, I know you watch a lot of him because you're a USC guy, right? He played one year at USC. He was Blitnikoff Award winner for uh, Pitt Panthers in college. He's he's put up crazy numbers and he's he's smooth. He's a skinny little guy, but um, you know, there's a lot to like out there. What do you think about the the rookie Jordan Addison at wide receiver? He stepped up. Um, definitely not a guy who I expected to have a huge game. He's had some solid games for the Vikings, but still felt like a, a young receiver trying to find his groove. And I don't think it helped when you lose uh, Justin Jefferson because now all the uh, attention is on you now. But in this game, the plays that need to be made, you know, after he got punked for the ball uh, early in the game on the first throw by Javarius Ward, uh, after that, you know, he showed up and – you know, big play down the field. I talk about guys, got to make a play, got to make a play. Well, he made the play against Traverius Ward. Uh, that was big time. I thought the route running looked good. Uh, really, a lot of these guys, man, they were hanging on to the ball. 49ers, I thought they were delivering some shots. There were a few times my bro and I, we were watching the game, and I'm like, is number four going to get up? Like, I mean, he was just like, golly, these guys are hitting out there. Uh, but, the you know, Jordan Addison and the no-name receivers, I felt like they all um, contributed very well. Uh, in moments where they needed to. So uh, if we didn't know who Powell was, number four for uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings, I think we kind of do now because he made some clutch catches in that game. Man, it's like, so Shavarius Ward, he had the interception early. It was it was all lined up for him to have a game ball, but I don't think he ended up with the game ball at the end of this one. Christian McCaffrey <laughs> had the big fumble early. He had a couple touchdowns. Congrats, 16 straight games with the touchdown. That fumble is huge. Does he get a game ball? I'm, I'm struggling to find someone who, who gets a game ball in this game. I want to give one to George Kittle because we called him out. Someone who needed to get more, targeted more. He was the leading receiver for the 49ers in this game and took a shot in uh, in the you-know-where early in the game. Uh, that, I that saw him say out. that. Looked like that was painful uh, and came back from it. It was still only, what, five catches for 85 yards or something like that. So it wasn't even a huge part of it. Five for 78 for, for George Kittle. But um, I'm going to give George Kittle a game ball. Well, it, I think we, we don't give George Kittle a hard time. We give Kyle Shanahan a hard time for not involving George Kittle. So maybe the game ball should 
for just that. We're not talking about anything else in the rest of the game. But just for getting George Kittle involved, the guy that we have wanted to see get involved more, like go to him, dial up things for him. I'm still not even sure the 49ers did that. You know, they found him a few times, and that was awesome. There was some, you know, good throws. Yeah, that throw where he did get hit, we, we talked about some of these bad throws from Purdy. That was another one. I mean, where was he throwing the ball? He threw the ball so high over – and Kittle was open, and he just airmailed it. Yeah. And, and got Kittle was, taken out. That was really confu- confusing was to me great, how you yeah. missed that that's bad. One the, that's one of the worst throws he's made. There was the, the one – the interception he threw when he was targeting Jennings. Jennings did something a little weird on that route, so I could see how the timing was weird for Brock because he had to throw it early. But he still threw it too far probably, too far inside. But – there was something weird. When you go back and watch that route on that interception, he was targeting the second interception, right? Where he was targeting um, Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings like did some extra, I think that that Brock wasn't expecting. And it just took him longer to get there in the route. And, you know, maybe that was the first one. That was the first one. Okay. And maybe Brock's not really, um, maybe Brock's not in tune with Jennings as much as far as timings. And, and and Jennings isn't the fastest guy either, but Jennings played the bulk of the snaps in place of Debo Samuel in this game. And I think that's like, cause Debo hasn't put up crazy numbers this year, but I think Debo's absence was felt in this game. Croc. Well, Juwan Jennings, he's always out there. I mean, he is the third receiver Yeah, and you know, 49 is going to line up in 11 personnel at least half the time. Now, obviously there's going to be a heavy dose of 21. You'll see some 12 personnel, but they are in 11 personnel with, you know, three receivers, one tight end, one back a lot of time. And so I don't think the not on the same page with Jawan Jennings. I, I can't give him that. You should know he's not a speedster, so he can't get open the same way as other guys. Like, you should know that by now. Yeah. You've been throwing to him, you know, since you started you know, starts, you know, between practice and, and training camp and, and all of his starts, like Juwan Jennings has been out there. He's, he can't, he has to give a little extra at the top because he can't beat guys with just pure speed. Typically, typically. That's I've not, that's chat, not his game. Chat nominating Moody. Moody had the miss. I like him hitting the long 55 yarder, but you can't give Moody a game ball. I don't think missing the, missing the early field goal either. What do you got, Croc? Any more game balls, or, or should we leave it at that? Now, who, who? I'm gonna take away a game ball from whoever's idea was to stop throwing to Brandon Ayuk. How does he have zero catches in the second half? I mean, in a in a game with no Debo Samuel and a banged up Christian McCaffrey, and five catches each for Kittle and Ayuk, seven and six targets. It should have been like twelve and thirteen targets. Right for those two guys. So, um, and you know, the screen game is big. They're trying to get the ball out early. I get that, which is maybe why, you know, Debo was a little bit more of a loss in this game because, in, and why he's important to the 49ers offense because he's such a catch and run threat and get the ball out quick and turn a, you know, a short pass into a, into a big play. But, you know, I, I feel like there was a lot of meat left on the bone for both uh, George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk in the passing game here. And so that comes back to either. Either Kyle or, or Brock Purdy, or you know the the guys up front not giving Brock enough time to to get the ball out to where he needed to go. Hurry back, Debo Samuel. 
Yeah, hurry back, Debo. Um, Niners, figure out whatever you had going early in the season. Maybe they did peak a little too soon because they looked like they were unbeatable after five weeks of the season. They have not looked that way the last two weeks. Time to adjust to the adjustments, get things right, figure it out. Uh, We've got a a, a quick turnaround, a little short week here for the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to have to... Uh, have a word with Wink tomorrow on tomorrow's Winky Wednesday about his predictions that are all coming true for the 49ers season so far, which, by the way, fans should not be upset about because even though he picked this loss for the 49ers, he has some big wins picked in the future for the Niners. So if everything comes true that Wink is picking, don't forget that is a very good thing for the San Francisco 49ers 2023 season. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. And we'll talk to all the everydayers and all the new listeners. Welcome to you as well tomorrow because we're back every single day right here, Locked On 49ers.